0: everybody welcome to our second retraced episode where we recap the previous five episodes as you notice our little theme song sounds a little different when we're coming in we're trying to give you the vibe that this is going to be a chat between just Sarah and I there is no guest (laughs) but we'll be talking about our previous guests Um, so Sarah you and I are basically like the guests so we'll just talk uh, to each other and interview each other. My first question to you, how are you doing?
1: Well, I'm doing good, Scott. I just poured myself a glass of wine because I'm celebrating because we made it to 10 episodes. Ooh. And I, I'm proud of us. And also, uh, Mercury is no longer retrograde. So that's a good thing, too.
0: <laughs> I'm going to purposely lose this recording just to <laughs> to,
1: <disprove>. just to- <laughs> Well, that's probably somewhere in your chart for being yeah. kind of rebellious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm doing good. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I uh, I'm enjoying my Mondays off from work. So I've just been thinking about uh, this episode and my Airbnb guests that are that'll be checking in later today. Um, the house is clean, ready for them, but they're not arriving until nine. So
1: okay, did you clean it yourself?
0: Uh, no, it was professionally cleaned, uh, but that was two days ago. I just haven't touched any of the rooms or anything that the guests <laughs> will use. This is a shared listing. So I don't know if some people listening, you might know that when you're on an Airbnb, you can rent the whole space or you can rent private rooms to yourself. And so these uh, these guests, actually, it's just one person, but they have access to two bedrooms to themselves and a bathroom.
1: Okay, nice. And I
0: better not see them in the kitchen.
1: <laughs> uh, I can-
0: they, they have the shared spaces as well, but I can be in the kitchen. Yeah. Not off limits to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I actually, I have stayed in your Airbnb and I have to say, I give it five stars.
0: Excellent. <laughs> Airbnb can be our new sponsor.
1: Yeah. There you go.
0: <laughs> Once I can get some bookings just directly from this show. Yeah. It's the promo code astrology. So I know that it's you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: So, so metro, uh, Mercury's out of retrograde, anything else going on? Um
1: Yeah, we've got um as of, well, we're recording this um early, but uh by the time listeners hear this, Jupiter, the planet of abundance and luck and expansion will be entering Taurus. And if you have if you were born during the day, Um, Jupiter is like your lucky planet. It'll bring you a lot more luck and fortune than um, those born at night. And uh, so wherever it is transiting your chart is supposed to bring you a lot of luck and expansion and abundance. So for me, that's going to be entering my sector that rules my home and living situation and parents and family. And for you, that'll be entering your area of uh learning and travel and um and like philosophy and and i think astrology falls into that too (laughs) so maybe you'll be learning a lot more about astrology (laughs) i have
0: thought that through this show that this is a, a good opportunity to try to learn about it even if i don't believe in it I do still think that the knowledge itself is very valuable. And when you chime in talking about, you know, to the guests about personality traits, I think that's such a, a useful tool to like examine a person's traits. And that is something that I think I could benefit from learning. And I, oh, cool. I, I mean, I was with you when I bought the Idiot's Guide to Astrology, <laughs> and you were like, you can start here, idiot.
1: I, okay, I just love that you have that book. And I think I, I, Flip through it and it's actually a good book. And, um, it was really funny. You and I were like in a used bookstore in Denton, Texas. And anytime I go to a bookstore or used bookstore, of course, I'm making a beeline for like the spiritual or astrology or paranormal section. And I was surprised to find that they had one astrology book and it was that one. And I, and it was only $10 and you were like, should I get it? No. Yeah. No. And I'm like, it's literally $10. Like cool. just get it.
0: I shop in a lot of used bookstores. Um, and $10 is a little hefty I mean, I was, I was at out of the closet, which is a used clothing store here in LA. And I just bought three books for a total of $8 and that's pretty uh, good. None of them are about astrology, though, unfortunately.
1: Uh-huh. What are they about?
0: Oh, I think one of them's funny. <laughs> <laughs> one of them's by John Hodgman, and I didn't even know he had a book, but he's funny. I don't know. Is
1: it a book, How to Be Funny?
0: Yeah. One of them's a screenwriting <laughs> book, so we can finally work on that screenplay.
1: Oh, yeah. The one that, um, that was Holly stolen. Was stole from us. <laughs> yeah. We're not bitter about that. <laughs>
0: Um the other one is I think like a psychology book or a self-reflection kind of book.
1: Oh nice.
0: I'm excited. I never well, I read half the books I buy, but no, these have a good shot because I'm still excited about them.
1: Okay. Well, Jupiter's entering your house of learning, so they that gives those books a good chance.
0: All right. Well, listeners, we're not just here to talk about used books. What we are going to do today is recap the previous five guests. You may have heard our first retraced episode a full five episodes ago. It it retraced the first five guests. And now we're going to get guests six through 10 because um, each time... Sarah's learning something she's not the same astrologer she was at the beginning of this and sometimes she said it's difficult to listen to previous Sarah make mistakes because Sarah today has more knowledge and uh, perspective to be able to listen to what the guest is saying and say wait a minute no the answer was actually this and now I can see it. I really have. Yeah. What are we getting into today, astrology wise, Sarah? Do you want to give them a little preview?
1: Well, first of all, I really have such impatience for myself uh, literally days ago. (laughs) Like, I feel like I've grown and learned every day. And sometimes just looking at myself a week ago, I'm like, oh, she knew nothing. (laughs) <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it can be hard to listen back to episodes, but actually it, it's not as that it's not as painful and bad as I thought, because I'm really actually enjoying our podcast. I, I love doing this show and I, I think, um, we're doing a good job. Can I just say that? Can I toot our own horn? <laughs>
0: yeah. I think our podcast is a good podcast and we're getting better and learning with each show.
1: Uh, Yeah. And shout out to our friends who have been listening because I honestly only expected like our friend group to like, give it a listen like one time and just be like, good job, you know? (laughs) But the fact that several of my friends or our friends have been like binging it or listening it regularly, like that is a huge compliment, I think.
0: And we really appreciate the feedback even if we might, it may not be apparent when you say it, because we don't want to, like, be too, you know, gushy about, oh, my goodness, thank you. But inside, we're doing somersaults. And <laughs> it really means a lot to hear the things people like about the show and even some criticism when they have suggestions, because I know it comes from a place of caring about the show and making, wanting it to be better. Yeah. I really appreciate everybody who has... Um, told us what they liked and didn't like and, uh, encouraged us.
1: And if anybody, you know, if you have an extra minute and you have enjoyed the show, um, please leave us a rating of hopefully five stars. Um, if not, if not five stars, you email us and you tell us why what we need to do differently. But if you have time to leave us a a rating and review, that would be awesome. That that's going to help us, um, uh, get more eyes on us or ears. I should say
0: Mm -hmm. it helps spread the word as we, um, as we tend to our flock and grow in numbers. And then are we building a cult? I don't know. I haven't decided yet.
1: (laughs) We could, uh, let's, uh, let's buy up
0: one episode at a time. I
1: know. No, I was gonna say, let's buy up some white gowns just in case.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or some and, unique color that nobody's used yet. I feel like we could do burnt orange. We all have. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> burnt orange gowns. You and...
0: Longhorn connections on this podcast. Yeah. I like all it. Right. Um, first things first, the new format. Speaking of growing, I'm asking more questions now. We've started doing a section about keywords, which I think is really helping Sarah identify without putting words into the guest's mouth. It's allowing them to yeah we're doing a guest survey and
1: yeah we're doing a lot of different things um you know and, and we've thank you for everyone for being patient with us as we've tried like we've had to adjust over the last 10 episodes to tweak this to get it just right for you guys um and for ourselves and i for one love that scott you know i wanted you to be more involved or have a bigger role in some way. Um, and so I love that you're asking the questions because you're quite good at interviewing. So I, I like that. And it, and it frees me up. I've said this, it frees me up to be able to look at the charts. I, I notice that sometimes someone will share something very vulnerable about themselves. And I always feel bad in hindsight because I give no reaction and it's because I'm processing that information and I'm like, Oh, let me see where if that's in the chart, you know. Um <laughs> uh, but I I want to also be more present cuz you know, if, we we've had some guests share some pretty like astounding tidbits, like our um no, not tidbit. That's not a, that's the right word, but pretty astounding and vulnerable and private things about their life. Um, you know, horrible things that they've seen and experiences they've went through. So, um, yeah, I just want to try and be more present for that and not always just like my nose buried in the charts, but, Mm
0: -hmm. or your nose can be buried in the chart and then I'll be present for it. And you will be back there trying to just determine which chart it is not distracted by emotional, uh, information that we're getting from the guests who's sharing.
1: Right. But, um, but yeah. And then we added the keywords, which I, I think will be very helpful. I hope to our guests, because I realize that, you know, it's, it's hard for us at the top of the show to go over everything that I've kind of derived out of these charts. So I think like kind of reminding them throughout the episode with the keywords, what we, what we're looking for is hopefully very helpful. And if it is, let us know, um, Or if there's any ideas that you guys have, be sure to leave that in the comments or email us at astrodetectives at gmail.com. And, um, and then uh, we've been doing a guest survey too. We just started that, I think the last like episode nine and 10. And I have to say, Scott, that has been so helpful. um, That guest survey. It's just 10 quick questions, multiple choice uh, things about like, what kind of clothes do you like to wear? What's your energy level? Um, how would you respond in this, you know, work scenario? Uh, what kind of gifts do you like to give? And it, those, it's very revealing. And a lot of times I feel like I can peg them right away from just that survey. So, um, and if you want to take a look at that we're now including that with um what we call the case files that we're posting on our website astrodetectives.pod.com and so for each episode you can download the case file which will include both charts and you'll get the guest survey and then you also get uh, my analysis um that I use so it's it's fun if you're an astrologer and want to play along or astrology curious and uh Yeah. So I'm liking the new format. Are you liking it?
0: Yeah, I think it's fun. It took a little getting used to, to kind of understand the, you know, getting to the information that you want. Cause there's interviewing a guest just out of pure curiosity. Yeah. Um, But then there's interviewing a guest and trying to get them to hit the points that Sarah's looking for. And then I sometimes need to check in and be like, are you getting what you need, Sarah? Cause I don't know. Like they're, Interesting. I'm enjoying hearing this, but the purpose of the interview is for you to be able to put them in one box or the other box. Um, yeah, so and I feel like I'm doing. I'm getting a little more comfortable with that, and just asking <laughs> them for words in general, kind of yeah, them an idea of um, you know how how to share, and then we we ask our follow ups. We get into the nitty gritty,
1: and we we did try um, for our episode six and seven. We did try a different approach where. I kind of just read both charts to them, kind of just shot in the dark guesswork. And I was not a fan of that format. I thought maybe it would be good to try. Um, But uh, what was funny about those two guests, um, Bethany and Encore is they were actually, I felt like a little more guarded. And so um, even though they were kind of, you know, Bethany was just kind of giving us yes or no answers. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just wanted, I felt, I feel like I like to, I don't like the guests to know what it is I'm looking for. I'd like them to just talk on, you know, what's on their mind. What What is the first thing that comes to their mind unconsciously? And I feel like that's more helpful than me trying to Interpret their chart to them and not know which one's the chart, because when I'm doing astrology for a client, it's a bit different i'm I might be reading their chart to them, but it's more in it's not like a a psychic where I'm just pulling stuff out of thin air. I'm not trying to do a trick when I you know most astrologers we're not trying to impress you with like what we know. It's more like how can we you know, you come to me with some issues that you want to work through or that you're needing some clarity on. And we look at your chart and we talk through it and we put it in the context of your life. So when, you know, you're just kind of trying to pull it out of someone, (laughs) their life, and you're trying to guess which one their chart is, it's a little bit more strange and, and different to do it that way. And you never know you just never know how these energies are going to show up in someone. So this has been, like I've said, so educational for me. Um, you know, you can you can read from textbooks, but actually, like, doing it and uh, talking to people is what makes the difference.
0: And the, and the thing that I think I was advocating for that, I mean, we were both excited about that format, but this is, you know, I don't know how the process works enough to uh decide how you best should interview the guest but i was thinking because i you know i've seen you meet new people at a party and then find out what their chart is and then go through this interaction of asking them questions based on their chart but pointed questions like oh wow are you the type of person who da 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 because da, i'm seeing a lot of da 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 And that process is so interesting to me because they are totally opening up as you're pointing out specifics and you are uh, connecting with them and their chart and you're finding all of these commonalities that are in the chart. So I've thought that would be interesting to try to replicate that with two different charts. Yeah. Um, But I can see how it's. I can see how that's difficult. I mean, obviously, I don't know how how the in your mind works.
1: Yeah, I think I'm in a different headspace, too, when I have so much chart with confidence, and I'm picking certain things out, and I'm asking them about it, and a lot of times it resonates with them, or they'll, you know, tell me a story about it, and so, yeah, it just um, yeah, I can see why it seemed like that was going to work well for the podcast, but for some reason it was just a little bit different.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, the second chart that throws it for a loop. Yeah. You just have the one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I also felt like, um, you know, maybe we just didn't necessarily prepare our guests for what to expect. It was, I think they maybe thought that they needed to be secretive and, um, and it was more about seeing if I could uh, pick out the right chart based on a yes or no answer, <laughs> which is not quite as helpful. I was more looking for them to fill in a lot more. But anyway, I, I think we've made some the right changes, and so uh, yeah. I mean, despite my average staying the same, <laughs> I still think I still think I'm uh, I'm feeling more comfortable and confident. Um, I think there's some reasons why maybe I'm still not nailing it, but we can get to that in a minute.
0: All right. Well, speaking of the average or the record, um, how are we feeling about the results so far?
1: Well, <laughs>
0: Sitting at four and six overall, four correct, six incorrect. And the previous five was a Two wins, three losses, and uh, this previous five or whatever, because we're breaking them into fives was also two, yeah. three incorrect.
1: So that's um, like forty percent.
0: Forty percent overall. Um, I guess.
1: I feel um, you know it's obviously I'm not going to settle for that. <laughs> like when I whenever I get one wrong, I do really internalize it and i probably think about it for about 24 hours uh nonstop and like uh, tell myself like oh how could you have not seen that it was so obvious um but i then it doesn't get me discouraged. It just makes me want to do another one right away. Like I just get, you know, so excited to just keep going and going. And so I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm <laughs> despite my average, I don't care. I'm going to keep going with it until I feel I've improved.
0: All right. As long as we're both having fun and the audience is having fun. Yeah. Then yeah. We will continue onward. <laughs> our next 10. Uh but for now let's uh oh well do we want to rate our um where we are in a 0 to 10? I feel like you're going to be a 10 the whole way through. Astrology is real 100% all the way through the show, so I guess maybe I'd, that shouldn't be a question.
1: Yeah, maybe that's more of a question for you. Uh has anything changed since we started in your mind? Or it's just things congealed more for you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, I can't say that if they have moved, that they've moved in the direction you want them to move. Right. Um, so, yeah, if I said a zero is completely certain that astrology is 100% false and a 10 is believing that it is 100% correct or that it definitely identifies specific people, you know, by where the placement of the planets are yeah i think maybe i came into this podcast at like a three like Mm -hmm. like most likely astrology has nothing to do with a person's personality but i'm curious and i'm not going to say it hundred percent doesn't and i have to say i was and that's why i was like oh i want to run some you know this test sounds really fascinating when you talk about how like i could definitely you know the, the claims of being able to spot somebody based on their chart intrigued me. Like, if you could do that, I'm open. Um, but I think I'm a two now that we've got some numbers under our belt. Okay. And, um, it's close to 50-50. Obviously, we've only done 10. So, you know, the, the chances of, of us hitting it right on 50, you know, if you're getting five right and five wrong, are pretty minimal. I think it's just as likely that you'd be six and four as four and six. But we're in that ballpark, and that yeah. is sort of like um, validating, is that the word that we were using, um, of my, my hypothesis. Yeah. So I think is I'm it, inching in that direction.
1: So what would it take for you to move in the other direction?
0: Well, at the beginning of the show, we were like, if you could do 80%, because I'm allowing you know some, some error, and okay. it's not going to be 100% correct all the time. Every now and then somebody's birthday is going to be not what they said it was, or every now and then this, something's going to happen. So 80%. If it could be 80 or above, I'm
1: Well, moving, Scott, I'm
0: moving in the other direction.
1: I got 40% the first time and 40 the second time, so that's <laughs> 80 <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. oh boy wait wait where's my sound effect board that i have here i didn't even know i was gonna use it yeah you should have had that ready
1: yeah <laughs> yeah the math it's adding up to me
0: <laughs> well if you can get just get 20 percent on this next round you're gonna be sitting at
1: 100 yeah yeah Ooh. Wait, let me ask you something. So your main feeling, which you have said, is you feel like confirmation bias, which is, how would you explain that?
0: Confirmation bias in this case is you reading someone their chart or, yeah, and their chart and finding all the ways that it matches them and kind of minimizing the ways that it doesn't match them. Okay. So, And that's when you can try to isolate or, you know, give them two charts. That's kind of the idea of eliminating confirmation bias and looking for the chart that actually does have all of these similarities to the person and stands out if it actually does describe one person over another person.
1: Do you think that um, even the most, um, you know, the most skilled researcher or research team, like MIT, or whoever, do you think they would still fall prey to confirmation bias? Do you think it just can't be helped?
0: Well, I think it's human nature. So to want to be right, I think that you, like science is trying to eliminate confirmation bias. You make your guess, and then you find a way to test it to test your guess.
1: But do you think a neutral team of researchers could prove or disprove? I mean, if a if a neutral team of researchers were able to, like, they were satisfied that astrology existed or was, you know, had a strong correlation, do you? Would you be like, well, it could be confirmation? Like, I just feel like I don't know. Maybe I take it personally because I feel like. I definitely don't downplay things that don't fit.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I feel like confirmation bias is like saying that you consciously look, turn the other way from something that doesn't fit.
0: I think, I think it's just human nature that we all do it, that we focus on what does fit and we ignore what doesn't fit. It's like when you fall in love and the person at the beginning, you're just focused on everything that's right and how it's a wonderful match. And then they call that the honeymoon phase. And then at a certain point, you really know each other, like flaws and, you know, a real person to real person. And you actually take them in without just seeing what you want to see. And that's where the relationship, I think, either lasts or doesn't last. This is this episode is going to double as a relationship podcast. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, you at the beginning, you see what you want to see. And that's what I think the chart and a, like a, a person in their chart, uh, you're reading it to them. I think that's what stands out are the similarities. And the differences are like, well... I'm not sure what this is talking about. It's not coming across right now, but I'm sure it's pointing to something. Let's move on to this other thing that like matches and let's really examine how deeply this matches.
1: Well, maybe the rise of AI could possibly prove that there's a correlation well, between what astrology.
0: Did, <laughs> what did chat GPT say when you asked it about it? Well,
1: it was programmed by a human. <laughs> so the human's response was astrology. Is not real? But I doubt that they have actually run a test. I think they just put their own bias in there. (laughs) But it would be interesting to see, you know, because then that would, I think. Yeah, I mean,
0: I'm all for testing it. That's eliminating, you're trying to eliminate the bias. Because just talking to somebody with their chart and then saying, wow, it really seems like it matches up. I I don't think that that is... It's fun, but I don't think it's scientifically sound. And it's well, it's not proving it to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Let's jump in.
1: All right, let's do it. So, episode six was we Bethany.
0: Bethany. <laughs> this was trying out the reading of the charts, where Sarah would read Bethany two charts as if you were in a reading. And the idea being, you know, as we were talking about confirmation bias, that you would go through one and it just wouldn't be lining up. It would just be something would be off and then doing it the other one. And, it's, and like as, as it would when you're sitting down with somebody that you're meeting every other time that you've done it, when you know that this is their real chart, expecting it to pop off the page and just be like, oh, these are just lining up. Um, but it wasn't happening when there's two of them with Bethany what was the struggle that you were going through?
1: Well, the struggle I was going through with Bethany, and this happened a couple of times, this, uh, set of episodes. Um, there's these mirroring aspects. Uh, I don't know what else to call it, but occasionally, not occasionally, sometimes I will, you'll give me two charts and they won't be super different. They'll be, they might look at first glance different but there's so many different layers to astrology uh and so you know first of all Bethany uh both of her charts i believe um well one of the charts was a scorpio rising and the other chart was Um, had Pluto in the first house and Pluto rules Scorpio. So those are similar energies to have in, you know, both the charts. So, you know, there's just a lot of things like that that I was noticing in um, the, the two charts that I was given for her and it made it a lot more challenging to try to see how those two charts were different. I mean, I feel like, personally, I feel like if I were more seasoned or skilled, I'm sure, you know, an astrologer who's been doing this for 10 years might look at them and think, oh, these are different. But for me, I felt like there was a lot of similarities. And so um, it was hard for me to rule one chart out, but Um, Another thing that happened was what I call drift that uh, is something I've got to improve on because I will start off pretty confident that one chart is it and it's matching up and I feel like I've got this person pegged. And then as we move through the episode, I have not been very good about like highlighting or bolding like which answers, you know, like match up. Which chart? And so it's almost like by the end of the episode, I've kind of forgotten some of the things from the beginning. And I'm more just thinking about the last couple of things I said. And I noticed that that has really gotten me into trouble. And so I kind of like what you told me is that you've been kind of going through and trying to mark off or bold text, you know, from the keywords, you know, if something's lining up. And I think I need to do that instead of just, you know, uh, going by memory or just going along. I I think what happens is like, I start off with like, I think it's chart a, and then I'm trying to go through all their answers and make sure it's consistent. And then by the end of it, they might say something, and I'm not sure if that, you know, it might fit with the other one, or maybe it fits with both, and I'm just not sure. And, like, yeah, I think I just tend to drift, and I forget (laughs) about a lot of the, you know, things that were said earlier, and then I just end up, you know, this is kind of like a, this is a trait of Virgos. They tend to zoom in on details, (laughs) and sometimes, like... Uh, My friend, uh, Amber, you know, uh, she's my astrologer friend, she was saying, like, I love your, you know, analysis, it's got all these bullet points, but I tend to, like, I can drown in these bullet points, you know, I've got so many of them, and then I, uh, I have trouble, like, kind of zooming out and looking at it all together and saying, okay, it more lines up over here than it does here. I'm more just like thinking about the last few bullet points. So I think that that's my feeling about what went wrong with Bethany and, um, uh, some of these other episodes. So, um, yeah, Bethany was one where I was very set on it being,
0: hold on a second what happened I accidentally started our theme song oh no in my headphones did it play through the episode no I, I was didn't hear around it. looking for charts to pull up <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> are we still recording a, well, yes and I <laughs> okay.
0: shocked myself with a loud theme song in my headphones and I guess jolted enough to alarm Sarah
1: uh, yeah I was like there was a look on your face and I did Know what had happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, Bethany, um, she said, she shared a um, haunting fact, or just something I, I don't think either of us were prepared for. She said that her mother had been murdered in her childhood. And um, that was shocking and terrifying. Um, And when I looked at the charts, um, her actual chart has her moon, which represents the mother, conjunct Pluto, which can sometimes signify death or like intense situations like that. And so you know, not everyone who has Pluto conjunct moon means that their mother died horribly. Um, but it's definitely in the realm of possibility when those two planets come together, especially in your first house, which the first house describes your childhood and it describes you in the chart. So that was a real intense situation. And it was right there in her chart. The other chart just had Scorpio rising, um, with Pluto um, in the 12th house, which is also another way you can fit that scenario. But uh, the the Pluto conjunct moon in the first house is way more fitting of that situation um, than the other chart. And, but that was something she shared early on. And by the end of the episode, there were some things that, she was saying that made me think maybe, oh, maybe she's she is this Virgo and not the Pisces. Um, but I think maybe I just didn't totally understand Pisces that well. And that was definitely educational for me. But yeah, um so. it
0: was close enough. What I'm <laughs> hearing is the two were close enough that it was difficult to distinguish well, between the two.
1: When I say they were close enough, I'm saying this as someone who has limited knowledge, you know, like I think if I were a seasoned professional, I wouldn't be saying close enough because I would have a better understanding of the chart and how it works. I have a limited understanding. So for me, it felt close enough. Um, It just means that I didn't maybe understand all the aspects or how these things would play out or how they were affecting each other. Um, But that's on me, not astrology.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Um, from my perspective, it's the opposite. It's not your fault. You know, astrology well, very well, especially compared to a complete novice like myself Um, and astrology itself, I think is purposely very difficult because you need a lot of different answers in the mix if you're going to always have to find a way to explain the right answer. Like you, there's two two different ways that you could point at that traumatic uh, event happening in her childhood and regardless of which chart it was, you could use the alignment of the planets in each chart to point at that event.
1: I'm not confident that the chart that wasn't hers could really that that is as like I said, I'm more just kind of guessing that like, okay, maybe that's, but not really, you know, but in the moment I was like, okay, maybe, but it wasn't as straightforward as it was in her chart. Um, Like this is a language, you know, like it's, it's like learning Spanish. Like why isn't learning a a language easier and straightforward? It, It takes a lot of years and mastery to understand the nuances. Yeah,
0: but and, if you took two courses of Spanish and I took zero and we went to Mexico, you would understand more conversations and words than I did.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't mean that I could understand like a full soap opera. No, like no, I
0: You wouldn't be understanding everything, but you would be understanding more than the person who didn't do that.
1: Yeah, and I, I definitely think, you, I agree, I understand more than you do, but... But, I,
0: but for me, I'm a 50-50. If I was just picking charts, I'd be 50-50. And so that's every time that you're like, well, I'm not expert enough to use the astrology to pick the charts reliably. I'm like, well, I'm not able to at all. And, you know, it's, it's like, how much do they expect you to have to learn?
1: Well it's not what they expect it just is. The
0: stars. How much do these stars <laughs> expect you to have
1: It's song? not like the stars are demanding that we understand them. <laughs> you know, to me it's just a program that is running and it has it's just a reference tool. You know, it's it's this, I don't think and most astrologers don't think that the stars control you or control your life. It is the cheat codes to understanding the game that's playing out that is my view on it and um so they're they're written in glyphs and you know they have like meaning that i mean th- this stuff is ancient you know the religions this...
0: are ancient that doesn't mean i believe in that
1: i know but this isn't a religion
0: <laughs> but i mean like things that are in glyphs and things people talking about a god from the sky and caused this earthquake or you know whatever Like, I understand that people for thousands of years have been trying to understand the world. um, But I think since then, we've done a lot of thinking and researching. And it's something we still wonder about, but I I don't think...
1: Religion is philosophical, though. It's like a matter of belief and opinion. Whereas astrology, you could approach astrology and have no belief in it, and you could just track to see if it correlated and continued to match up to the events in your life. But you'd have to have an understanding of it. And and if it continued to precisely match up everything, that's pretty incredible. And we have thousands of years of this stuff being tracked and matching up, not just to individual charts but like the collective you know like it's just and if but,
0: we had a sample group of that then we would be able to run that test where it's like things are matching up in this timeline but i bet they would match up just fine in another timeline with a whole bunch of other events happening because you're looking at what is well
1: you could make how much would you bet <laughs>
0: Well, that's what that would be a very difficult experiment to run. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, let's. We have to. What we have to do is create a new reality, a new history, and um, then look at these charts and see how they've uh, tracked against what happened in that timeline. Totally different events, and I'll bet we could make it fit.
1: Well, I think you could make it fit in a very sloppy way, but I don't think astrology is actually very neat and precise and uh, I mean just a lot of astrologers say the more you study it the more it makes sense and you're amazed by how accurate it is Um, but if you don't have an awareness of it you just have no idea about the accuracy you just have to I mean even when I was like a year into it I was not understanding a lot of things and I was still kind of like, is this really true, you know? But now I'm at a point where I honestly track it and it's just crazy how the news stories line up, you know, um, with the transits, the big transits, you know? I mean, and there's a lot of... Not every transit is going to be major, but we know what the major ones are and something always major happens on that day, you know? I um, say
0: something major happens on just about every day. When, it, learning,
1: doesn't. when no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't. Major. It, do- but, but that would imply that that's like uh, unat like yeah. Maybe something major happens every day, but everything that happens has different meanings or different. You're saying that all events are equal and carry the same energy, and they don't. Like I'm not
0: saying all events are equal, but I'm saying if you're looking for an event to point to and say, that's important. That's major.
1: No, but it's not
0: You can all find a lot of different ways to put that event into a context. Um, and I know we have to move on to the next chart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Bethany, that was a fun one.
1: It was a very interesting one, but I, I, I did not get that one. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, next we had Anker. We were, we were 0 and 1 on, on, at that point. And so this was our second and last attempt to use the format of yeah. delivering the reading. And once you kind of explained where you were coming from, where, when you're doing the reading, you're only getting yeses and no's from the guests. Um, I can see how that'd be less inter interesting as a podcast episode too so that's how you get me on board is explain kind of how the audience might not want to listen to a guest say yeah yeah
1: yeah no i think it's definitely i thought
0: thought they were both revealing in their own in their own ways um but it, it did lead for lead to longer interviews because it takes longer to get Sure. Answers out when you're having to read the chart to them and then elicit some information back. So for con for time purposes especially, I think we changed it after Anker.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And you know, um with Anker it was it's interesting because he had a lot of the, he had two major aspects in similar with Jenny. Jenny was back um episode uh I think four. Uh, or five, and Jenny and Encore are both Cancer Risings with the moon in Pisces, and why that's so significant is when you're Cancer Rising, your chart ruler is the moon, and so it it makes your moon sign even more important, Um, but so I was kind of, when I saw that Cancer rising Pisces chart I was expecting someone to show up more like Jenny <laughs> and Jenny and Akira I don't think could be more different and I think you know she was actually a Cancer sun and he was a Capricorn moon or a Capricorn sun which are two are opposite on the spectrum from each other but it can I think he, I felt like he was actually So somebody who has a Pisces moon and a Cancer rising, it means that they have actually a lot of sensitivity and emotion, but that Cancer rising tends to guard that. And they don't just show that to anyone, especially two people on a podcast, you know? And so I was having a really hard time reading him and I was not, and he even told me, you know, I asked him, are you an empath because that's a trait of a cancer rising. And he said, yes. <laughs> and I didn't believe him because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't getting that from him, but he actually agreed with, he actually agreed more, I think with the cancer rising chart, but I just was not feeling that I was seeing it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, I thought that was really interesting. I, I, it just shows uh, You know, we had another guest, which we'll get to in a minute, that um, I feel like they were trying to – sometimes the guests do try to give me hints, or intentionally or unintentionally, and it's like I don't even hear it or I – refuse to listen to it, which is good for integrity, but of the experiment.
0: Well, that's one of my main concerns when we get guests who are really into astrology because they know their keywords. And so whether they're trying to give something away or not, they identify their personality with their chart and the words associated with their chart. And so I'm kind of like, I hope they don't say the keywords that Sarah's going to think, you know? Um, Yeah we'll get into that with the next one i think but um
1: but yeah you know actually one other funny thing about encers uh chart is i had listened to a lecture right before this uh, episode and the lecture was talking about this technique called sect where you look at um whether the person is a day or night chart and it informs something about their um uh, their life and um it's something important and I looked at Anker's chart and he he was born exactly at sunset like on the dot and I was so annoyed I was like no I can't use this because I have no idea which way the coin is falling (laughs) you know so um and I think that's happened one other time Uh, I forget which other guest, but it was either one of our next three guests. They were also born, or I don't know if it was them or the the dummy chart. But like it was, I got another like one that was either born exactly at sunrise or exactly at sunset, and I was like, oh my gosh!
0: And for (laughs) obvious reasons, if I do generate a random chart that does have a date that falls on a like on a on the line. Like I have to keep it. I have to keep it yeah. using it because then anytime you see one falling on the line, you're going to know it's the real chart.
1: That's true. That's true. Yeah. So. So yeah. So that's that was anchor. I just felt like I wasn't understanding what I was observing there, um, and that's pretty consistent with a cancer rising because they don't always want to just let you in and see. <laughs> it's it's the crab with the shell. And it's, it's pinchers out.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm not, not just going to let you in.
0: <laughs> so, so that one, that was the, the record at that point was the low point of Sarah's.
1: Yeah. That was like four wrong in a row. And I, I,
0: yeah, that was two and five, I think.
1: Yeah. And I, it's not that I felt like giving up at that point. I, I, love astrology too much to just give it up but i just was so frustrated cuz i felt like that i could do this but i just um felt like i wasn't setting myself up for success or like some things needed to change to help me feel like i had what i needed to be successful and and so we made those changes and then i felt like i was on a roll
0: Well, let's get to that role because (laughs) next up after Anker, we had Molly.
1: Molly was a ray of sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So her her two charts were a a Virgo, I believe, or a Sagittarius. And.
0: well, I'm the, looking at, I'm opening up her chart and she's a Sagittarius sun.
1: Right. It, but I'm saying, um, I believe the alternate chart was a Virgo with a cap rising.
0: Yeah. Let me, uh, let me pull that up real quick. The, uh, records department is uh, <laughs> the file cabinet. Yeah. The other chart was a Virgo. And it yeah, was Capricorn Rising.
1: Which is a lot of earth. That's like a lot, a lot of earth. And for her to come on just right away, just so bubbly and optimistic. And the other chart, the the double earth chart didn't really have anything in there that made me think that this was gonna be a really bubbly, optimistic person. So I think just even from the first five seconds, I was like, oh, she's a Sagittarius. Sorry, my mind was already made up that she was a Sagittarius. The only thing that made me a little suspicious was Virgos often, Virgos and Pisces often associated with nursing. Um, it doesn't mean that they're the only ones that can be nurses, but it, it is like there is a strong correlation there. So, but I was like, well, her personality is not coming across like a, you know, super earthy. It it felt more um th- I was like there's fire in there for sure. So uh I was already sold on her being a Sagittarius uh but she did give me a big hint because she said And we, this is what we have to watch out for is she said, well, they say I'm supposed to be optimistic. (laughs) And I was like, well, that's Sagittarius right there. (laughs) But I, I, I didn't feel like that helped or hurt me. I was, I was already made up my mind at that point.
0: And what made me feel better about that not being too revealing is I believe your friend Amber listened to that episode and didn't catch that nugget and it didn't it didn't give it away for her.
1: Yeah, maybe. I can't remember what uh that she was, said on that. She got
0: the other chart. So, oh, well, it couldn't have been that big of a giveaway, you know. So I, I was I was okay with that
1: one. Okay. Maybe she just mis didn't hear that a little bit, but um but yeah, so that one um that was my first one right after four wrongs. So that felt Really good. <laughs> that felt really good.
0: And that was the first one with the new format, so you were able to focus on the answers, while yeah. asking the questions.
1: Yeah. So, um, so thank you, Molly, for your participation. It, it, that was that that episode definitely uh, felt made me feel redeemed. <laughs>
0: good rebound episode for sure. It
1: was a rebound episode for sure.
0: <laughs> I think then we took a little half episode break. No, that was before Molly. Um, That's right. I, that was our Mercury eight-hour um, episode. Yes. We appreciate everybody. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I. It's so funny that I was moving that weekend, and um, fortunately, nothing went wrong with the actual like movers. They came on time. They moved everything. Nothing broke. And so everything was smooth with that, but just about everything else around the move, <laughs> you know, there was all sorts of mix ups, like they um didn't deliver my bed on time. they were had' a, they wrote down the wrong day um the the new bed I had ordered, and um, there was a couple of other things that happened that were like miscommunications. So shame on me for trying to move during Mercury retrograde.
0: Mm -mm -mm. That takes us up to episode nine. Mm -hmm. Marissa, this is the first one where I have my keywords that I can open up because you're making these keyword documents and sharing them. Yes. Um, And these are interesting because even especially interesting in hindsight to look at once you know the right answer. Um, I think that this was one that lined up strongly with one with, with Marissa.
1: Yeah. I was pretty excited about that because I was like, okay, finally, I feel like I've got two charts that couldn't be more different from each other. And it it helped me to kind of let, let my guard, not let my guard down, but just feel a little bit more easier going into it. And uh, a little more confident going into it and um, so uh, yeah I was really pleased with that one lining up so well and uh, and what was your how did you feel about that like did you feel like well it
0: wasn't like as specific as the John episode but you're gonna have sometimes episodes where the person lines up I'm interested in and I should ask this more often, but how confident you are sometimes when it's not the right answer. And I feel like there's been an episode or two where you were pretty confident and it wasn't that one, but I think those were in the first.
1: Yeah, that was more in the beginning. Um, well, yeah, like definitely episode one, I was super confident cause I just thought, um, Like, this should be easy, you know? And I was like, oh, I have, like, met Carl. I feel like I should know. But that ended up, like, getting in my head because I think I was, like, trying to remember if I had seen his chart and does this, you know? So I I really got in my own way there. But then I got, you know, episode two and three right, and so I was feeling like, okay, like, this is going to happen. And then... (laughs)
0: I thought you were feeling pretty confident with Marie-Michelle and Jenny, I don't remember. but
1: Marie-Michelle, I know I was not confident. Because if you remember, like, she's the one that you gave me charts that were like two days apart. And they were all in the same house. And they were all a lot of the same signs. And I was like, uh, I mean, I was really having a hard time with that one.
0: But the two people, the characters that you had driven you know, drawn up sounded different. And yeah.
1: But I chalk that up to like me not totally understanding what to expect out of this, you know? And, um, but I, I mean, I tried my best to try to come up with two characters, but I was immediately disheartened when I opened the charts. Cause I was like, okay, these are very similar to each other. <laughs> um, a lot of the same energies at play. And so I was, I was worried about that one. I really was worried. Um,
0: listening to it. I remember, and our friend lane made the same comment that, Oh, this sounds like it's lining up with this person. Exactly. Cause one of them was like, I'm artistic. I'm very career driven. Um, I'm, I don't have time to like mess around with some, sometimes other people's problems. I'm driven to do, my creative expression and she's talking about her filmmaking anyway right. rehashing the one through five you guys can but, try-
1: I, but i'm saying like i didn't fully understand her actual chart like when i wrote up a description for it i wasn't fully totally understanding the astrology of it like i i and i even and was just, like, kind of guessing at it, you know? So that was a very educational... I will say with Jenny, I think Jenny is the one, episode five, where I think I felt blindsided and did not... But there was still some mirroring going on because one was a Scorpio and the other had some... Yeah you know, you, you might have one sign in one house and then in the other chart, you've got the planet.
0: <laughs> and I, I don't know astrology well enough to know what the chances are of mirroring are to happen in a chart, but I assume it's relatively frequent that you're going to have something mirroring something else because it's popped up a couple times and you know, I've only given you 10 real charts and 10 fake charts. And if two or three of them had mirroring in them or, you know, whatever, then this is something that probably is 30%, 25% likely to happen.
1: Well, especially if you're giving them in the same year, you know, that definitely increases the odds.
0: Okay. In the same year. Interesting,
1: you know, because certain planets are going to be in the same sign. Um, I think what happens too, like you might give me one where you've got two charts and they're totally different um, rising signs, but they might both be Earth rising signs. And
0: so, I guess that's what I'm saying: is the chances of getting one where those are all different? is very unlikely
1: well you know like with our last episode laura you know for exa- i i don't know i honestly can't answer that i don't know how common that is it's not something that i feel like i've run into in the wild but i've been noticing it with this experiment but wild, you- are
0: you um You're not looking at two charts though for like the same person.
1: No, I'm not. But you're never gonna come and. But I'm like cycling through. I'm looking at all sorts of charts all the time, but, um, but yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I guess that's why maybe it's looking more.
0: To mirror, you need the other half, the other chart to mirror off of.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um. And it shows up in different ways, um, and it just gets, you know, for someone who's a young student like me, it, it could be a little confusing. I don't think, again, I, I don't think this would be as challenging to someone who's got a lot more experience.
0: If anyone out there has a lot more experience and wants to weigh in,
1: please,
0: guest astrologer, we are. Excited. I
1: would love that.
0: Yeah, that would be exciting to um, team up and I would be love an astro detective for a day. Yes. <laughs> we'll get you a little uh, magnifying glass and everything. <laughs> so on this one with uh, Marissa, if it had not lined up, I'm wondering if you would have gone back to the charts and thought, maybe I didn't get the right keywords for these. Maybe I saw something that wasn't there and and come up with some different words to describe Marissa with her real chart that do describe her a little bit more than, um, the mysterious Phoenix, which was the the wrong chart for Marissa.
1: Yeah. I have no idea, but I mean, she, that was another one where I was extremely confident because they were so different. And as soon as she came on, she was so warm and so open. And the other chart was someone who would not be open. And so I was just like, okay, well, I feel like I know what it is. And
0: and her being the confident diplomat, confident for sure. Something that I, that she said that I, I mean, just looking at it in retrospect, um, she said she speaks her mind. And sometimes it rubs people the wrong way if they can't take it, you know? And I don't associate that with like being a diplomat necessarily who kind of soothes the conversations and kind of makes people understand each other's viewpoints and is sort of a liaison between the groups, as opposed to, you know, Marissa may be saying, well, this is how it is. Um, I'm not afraid to just say it.
1: I think you can be a person who both says it like it is, but also, you know, it, it, it just depends on your intention. If you're someone who has good intention, but you're not afraid to speak your mind and speak your truth. And even if it rubs someone the wrong way, you could still have a diplomatic side where you're, you know, um, care about people and um, connecting with them and, um, you know coming, uh, it just, I feel like you can be both things. And I think it's something that we should all strive for, honestly. I think there's a way to be authentic, but also diplomatic to a degree, but not in a way that's going to compromise your authenticity. I think sometimes people either go too far one way or the other. And I think she's mastered the balance of it.
0: Well, I think there's something we can learn from all of these. These are all character profiles with um, good and bad traits in them or, you know, things to, that should all be managed and balanced, you know? Sure. When you have extroverted at the top, you can be too extroverted. You can <laughs> be too introverted, you know? True. You be too charming or too mysterious. It's all about finding a balance of all of these different traits. mm mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, this was one where... It did seem to line up, and there, of course there were some here and there that didn't match up. Um, I am curious, like, if this is her chart, and using this one as an example because it was so close that even I was saying, well, this profile sounds much more like Marissa than the other one. If this is her chart, and the stars are all describing her in detail, like all of her different Personality traits and skill set, and even history of like her parents and all you know that it would be off on some things. Like none of them are even one that's as close to her to our guest as this one was. There are still some things that are off.
1: This is where we fundamentally disagree because I say the astrology is not off. The astrologer's off. Like I, I'm, I can't. Impress enough, impress upon you enough, like how m- little I know, like I know a lot, but it's just scratching the surface. And this is giving me real life experience. So sometimes I'll just see a placement like Moon and Libra in the second house. And I don't have time to sit there and look at every aspect going on because every aspect modifies. That, you know, it's like if you have a taco and, you know, the, the moon in Libra is just the meat on the tortilla, (laughs) but then like each little thing is modifying it like a topping. And I don't necessarily have the time or skill to like build a full taco (laughs) with like 10 different toppings and fully understand it, if that makes sense. So I do my best to try to understand and spot some of the nuances, but when something's off, like it didn't quite match up, I go, Hmm, maybe something is modifying that, that I didn't pay attention to. Like, for example, actually, um, she said that her mother, you know, I, I think with moon and Libra, I was like, Oh, her mother is probably very charming and diplomatic. And, like, you know, has an aesthetic eye. And I think in the other chart, it was a Capricorn moon, and Capricorn is associated with hard work and discipline. And I think she said her mom was very hardworking, and that's why you were like, oh, okay, that matches the other chart. But the interesting thing about her moon in Libra is it's so close to her sun that we call that a conjunction. So she's got sun in Virgo, right at the late degrees of Virgo. And then she's got the moon in Libra right in the early degrees of Libra. And when it's within 10 degrees of each other, we call that a conjunction. So that sun in Virgo brings a lot, carries a lot of the significations of that sun in Virgo carry over to the moon in Libra. So uh, I I wasn't really necessarily thinking about that when I just wrote the keywords for her mom I wasn't trying to get super complicated so I can definitely see that like fitting it's just like again I'm not sometimes I don't have uh the time or skill to take it to the next level I guess
0: all right Yes. Yeah, of course, that makes it difficult to yeah, test it. It's like we can't test astrology because astrology can't be tested. We can only it test
1: can only test be the
0: skills of astrology.
1: Well, astrology can be tested, but it's like really like I think to test it, you'd probably have to test like a number of astrologers, you know, and like have a even bigger experiment. But like right now, you're only testing one astrologer. <laughs> and so and she's doing the best she can
0: <laughs> yes she is um and she's finishing her wine
1: <laughs> Yep, uh, almost to the end so that means that we've only got
0: one more one more chart to go and that was just last week everybody that was laura and
1: what a firecracker she was yeah i really enjoyed her She had a very, okay, so Laura, that's another one where I felt like there was some mirroring going on, and I definitely drifted, because just from the survey alone, I was like, okay, this is definitely an Aries, and as soon as she started talking, and she was so bubbly, and so enthusiastic, and energetic, and just the things she was saying, I was like, Oh, okay. This is 100% the Aries. Like I've got it in the bag because the other chart was a Scorpio stellium and Scorpio energy, even though both Scorpio and Aries are ruled by Mars. Scorpio is a lot more guard. It's known for being a lot more guarded and um, a little more mysterious Um, so I was 100% sold on her chart, the Aries chart, (laughs) but I wasn't doing a good job of like tracking everything. Like as we went, I would, I would just, I was already confident that it was Aries. So I was just expecting everything to line up. But as we got into the later end of the episode, I, um, I was a little confused about like, some of the things that she said about her childhood and her parents' dynamic, I was like, uh, okay, could that be the Scorpio chart? I wasn't necessarily convinced it was a Scorpio chart, but I wasn't, I just, I, I did feel like in over my head in that one. And I think just because of like, the last few things she said, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go with the Scorpio chart because I, I, I did not feel confident. And I said that. So, um, yeah, lesson learned. I am going to do a better job as we go through these interviews and I'm going to like highlight the things that they say and see if it matches up. And then at the end, I can kind of take stock and, and, and not you know, like have a better global view of, um, you know, all of the, all of the things that they said and not just kind of be basing it on the last few things.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was noticing some of those, uh, I I would have chosen the radical warrior. I think when I was making my devil's advocate case, I was pointing out the work stuff, especially for her.
1: She even
0: education travel and she said, Yeah, that I would go radical warrior. I know they're rebelling against.
1: I know I'm so embarrassed that I would like go against what everybody else is saying and just I. Yeah. It kind of makes me, it's those episodes that really make me annoyed at myself that I'm like, what was I thinking? Honestly, like she so clearly was the other chart. And I just was, I I get, um, I'm drowning in bullet points, you know, and it's like, I can't, like, I can't synthesize all my data. Like I, I just get overwhelmed. So I need to just, um, like I said, set myself up for success and do a better job of like kind of keeping all that data uh, organized.
0: Yeah. So, um, well, any, any thoughts on that one overall? I'm just sort of
1: she was so she was so aries she was so in her chart she is an aries sun mars in aries and jupiter in aries and that is just a powerhouse of aries energy i can't even like, tell you and the other chart it had an aries moon opposing her scorpio the scorpio stellium um and i wasn't necessarily confident that that was Responsible for all the Aries energy I was seeing on display. And I I think I just got turned around and lost my way. Um, Because she was just so bubbly, so outgoing, so excited. And that that wasn't really so much in that other chart that I picked.
0: Well, can you explain kind of where this... Similarity is with you know you have an Aries Sun, and then you know some of these other planets they're gonna stay the same within a couple years. Uh, They don't move as fast. So then, but then for her other one to have, you said more Aries or left less Aries because I only see the yeah. So moon in Aries, and then also had Jupiter. They both
1: yeah had moon and Jupiter in Aries, and then and and it had a Mars in Sagittarius which is another fire sign in the same house the 8th house so
0: but those um, mean I know that you're you say they're they're difficult to differentiate but they mean different things right they're different signs
1: there's a, they do mean different things but there's overlap there's a lot of similarity between the fire signs or you know signs in the same element and so um it doesn't, there are differences, but when you're just quickly interviewing someone and you're just trying to get a sense and you sense some fiery energy, it's hard to know, is that Mars? Or is that Sagittarius? You know, is that Leo? Um, and so, um, yeah, it was like, they both had significant Aries and fire energy. And that that was one thing that was throwing me a little bit, um, the other thing was another thing that was throwing me is one chart uh you know was a taurus rising uh and the other chart was a virgo rising but virgo is ruled by mercury and mercury was in taurus so either way she's going to give off there's going to be some taurus energy given off and so that Definitely made it challenging. You know, first of all, Virgo and Taurus are both Earth signs. Um, But then...
0: There's four categories of signs, right?
1: Well, you can break it down into elements. Yeah, there's four elements. There's also...
0: But when you say Earth, there's like... What do you have? The water, the air, and...
1: Fire and Earth, yeah. uh, Okay. And then you also have...
0: So, I mean, one of your, there's a one in four chance that it's going to share, it's going to be in, in the same family as the other one for each category.
1: Well, it's pretty, I thought it was unique that one chart is a Virgo, or one chart's a Taurus rising and the other chart is a Virgo rising with its ruler in Taurus. Like that right off the bat was like, oh no. And then both of them had significant Aries energy. And then when she started talking about her seven marriages, uh, her chart has Saturn, which is, can be a problematic planet uh, where you learn a lot of lessons that was in the house of marriage. And then in the other chart, didn't have Saturn, but it did have four planets. So either way, in both charts, marriage was a huge theme. So that made it complicated for me at my level to know exactly, you know, but had I honestly like done a better job of like keeping my data organized, I think I would have seen, you know, even she said on her survey, like, her love of stand-up comedy, well, that's only present in her chart. She's got Venus and Gemini close to her midheaven.
0: But if there's something that is revealed that is only present in one chart, doesn't that tip you into it being that chart? Or Yes, it
1: does. Case,
0: is it the case that there are things that were only present in the other chart? And or no. you just you, and that's where the confirmation bias, I guess, comes in. Like looking at it now, you're like, "Oh, well, I'm going to focus on this stand-up comedy, which is only in this this chart over here." But maybe some of the other answers, and I know some of the stuff we were getting into, like with their family, or I forgot where it was leaning you leading you. So,
1: to answer your question, with the stand-up comedy, Venus and Gemini, that was straightforward. I could just I didn't have to do any deducing to see that. That was straightforward. But with the parents
0: Well oh, hold on, let's stop right there with the stand-up comedy then. If it's straightforward, like case closed. One of these, we have a straightforward answer. Um, which one is her? She likes stand-up comedy enough to mention it in her answers. And this chart likes stand-up comedy. This chart doesn't. Have any sign of liking stand up comedy at all? Um, where, and of course, to me, focusing on that now in hindsight is like picking a detail that explains why this is the right chart.
1: Uh, that's what I'm that's when I say drift when I get to the towards the end, and I've totally forgotten about that. And the things that I was seeing in the Scorpio chart, it's not that they perfectly fit. I was just kind of like, I wasn't confident in what I was looking at. And so I was like trying to understand what she was trying to say. (laughs) And I was trying to see is that, and like I said, if I had been more confident, I would be more concerned, but I, I really wasn't. I was saying like, Maybe this, the other chart, I was thinking maybe that fits better. I don't, it clearly, it doesn't fit better, (laughs) but I just thought it did in the moment because, but I wasn't under, I wasn't comprehending what I was looking at. And I knew that in the moment, I knew I wasn't totally comprehending that it was a complicated web (laughs) that I was looking at.
0: What a complicated web we've woven (laughs) for ourselves. It Uh, is. So many factors. And if you are describing it as a language, I do feel like you can arrange whatever the, wherever the planets are to write the story that you want to write.
1: Well, if I had just gone on this,
0: that's in front of you.
1: Well, I know you feel that way. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, let's see, what are our predictions and hopes for the next five episodes before we have another retraced where we reconvene here and just chit chat and shoot the bull?
1: Well, every time I get one wrong, I always say that's the last one I'm going to get wrong. <laughs> Cause I just always feel like, Oh, I, I, learned a lot from that and I won't make that mistake again, you know, or like I, and I, we have made a lot of tweaks that have really helped me a lot. Um, so I don't know, what is my prediction for the next five, um, five out of five. Okay. okay, I'm going to, I'll be more realistic. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say three out of five.
0: (laughs) I think that's probably my prediction too. Cause you're
1: okay. Then I'm going to say four out of five.
0: Okay. <laughs> Cause at 40% right now, you actually are to get back to 50, 50 the, I think you'll get a few more wins than losses.
1: I think it's, I think it, I'm going to, you're going to see improvement. That's my prediction.
0: Yeah. From 40%, you will definitely improve to 50% overall at some point. You might even I'm
1: saying in the, in the next five episodes, I'm going to improve. That's what I'm thinking. And I agree. <laughs> but more than you think. <laughs> yeah. Just, just uh, to be different. <laughs> so
0: yeah, three, three and two would be a reasonable guess for me. Possibly four and one. Because um, then you would average out to, let's see, if you're four and six right now
1: to do math on the fly you have scott you you're sitting in front of a computer you can open a calculator app <laughs> i don't
0: even know what equation to add up um if you're 4 and 6 now to get you back to 50-50 you know if you went 3 and 2 you would be almost back to 50 if you went 4 and 1 you'd be a little bit over 50-50 there we go.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to shoot for five Five and oh <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna shoot for
0: Prediction and your hope.
1: Yes <laughs> which is normal for me to set myself up for perfection. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, my prediction is easy. I like as in i I think it'll always bend back towards fifty percent. There will be streaks, you know. And then overall, the average will bring it back to about 50%. As far as hopes, that's a very difficult one to answer. And you even asked me on previous episodes, you know, if, if I'm rooting for you to get it wrong. And in some ways, or if I feel validated, and, and I think validation is a good word since my guess is that it will be 50-50. And so it does validate my guess. I'm not like, it doesn't bring me joy to see you miss one. Okay, this well, that's nice. <laughs> um, but I can't. So, so if if I'm guessing, like, do I hope that you go five and zero? Like, that's hard. It's well, like, you... do, do I hope that astrology is real? Like, do I want it to be real? Do I put my heart into it and say, "Oh, I hope that it's five and o, and Sarah's happy and the universe, like, we are all like described by the stars and the planets. Um,
1: Would that be disappointing or scary to you?
0: No, I think, I think it's, it's reassuring if you think there is a system in place that describes anything and everything. Okay, like I think that's why people I'm going to say create the systems is because they want to make sense of the world around them and have mm-hmm. some order and some way to explain why things are the way they are. So but I don't think I'm hoping for that. I don't know. That's tough.
1: It's a, it's a real philosophical thing, isn't it? Do you feel that way? Like, what do you, because you don't feel astrology is real, but why? Well,
0: because it's not, I'm not seeing it and it's not seen as reliably correct. And so it's kind of like if somebody had built a system saying I think that a coin flip is 70% heads and I'm like, well I don't believe that. And he's like, well you do you. But I I would if you flip the coin and 70% of the time it was heads, I would be like, oh, you're right. Your vision of the of the world is correct in regards to like this. And
1: So but you, you said um you haven't seen it accurately demonstrate. But are you saying just since we started this podcast, or what experience did you have with astrology before this that made you say, oh, that's not real?
0: Well, it sort of has to prove itself. It's hard to disprove something. So there was nothing that astrology had done in my 41 years prior to us doing this podcast. 42, when did we get?
1: But well, did you ever give it an opportunity, or like, I mean, or what was your experience with it?
0: Well, I think if I think if astrology was true, it would be a much larger part of our lives of society. It would prove itself enough that more people would study it, and it would just be common knowledge the way that like gravity is. And well, I mean, gravity is pretty easy to to prove itself, but. You know the way that airplanes fly. Like I don't understand all of that, but I I believe it because it happens. And so there are smart people that design them and make them work.
1: But it's if astrology is real, then it gives a lot more power to the individual, and it does take it does compete with other religions. Well, astrology is not a religion, but it definitely would throw a wrench into some. Religions who maybe don't want, <laughs> you know, have competing so interests.
0: Suppressed by the well, I, 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 mean,
1: don't I don't think
0: that the church wouldn't want. Like it's been, to, but
1: demonized by the church.
0: Yeah, but in some ways, astrology and the church uh, both acknowledge some higher power. Like
1: no, not necessarily.
0: It's sort of difficult to say that
1: astrology doesn't. Astrology is just a mechanism, like just a tool. Um, Astrologers have different beliefs. There's no, you know, there are astrologers who are trying to understand what does this mean, you know. So I don't think it, I think there is a strong correlation between astrologers and people who believe in spirituality and a god. But I, I don't think that astrology has anything to necessarily say about it. It's just the weather report.
0: Yeah. But if it takes so much training to read the weather report.
1: Well, it takes training to read the weather anyway.
0: (laughs) But right. But they can put it into an easily digestible format and you can look outside and say like, oh yeah, they're right. Uh, Yeah. It's about, it's it's usually right. You know, Um, Mm yeah.
1: And I think astrology is usually right, but you have, you have to,
0: (laughs) that's where we differ,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but I'm saying like, you're just basing it off this test, which is, has unique, you know, set of parameters and,
0: uh, set of parameters we specifically set to test it to not, leave ourselves open
1: Meaning you're testing an astrologer, not astrology. But I'm saying if you followed astrology in the real world and tracked to see if it was consistent, but I don't get the feeling that you have. (laughs) Unless I missed something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if I'm looking at charts and looking at events and finding correlations between them that's not testing astrology that's finding correlation between two things that i believe
1: well okay
0: (laughs) i mean it's interesting and i but it's you're not Proving it, or just dis- you know, it's sort of like, okay, you had me listen to a podcast where they had somebody had even, I think, edited it down to like the highlights of their predictions of 2020.
1: Okay, this was the astrology podcast. Okay. And it was an episode wh- that they, I think a fan had actually put together a supercut of predictions that had been made prior to 2020. And they put it together in one episode that could be digested.
0: And listening to that, I felt like it's, I mean, I don't, when you say cherry picking, sometimes it sounds like you're trying to deceive. And I don't think they're, you know, it's deceitful. I think they genuinely are looking at charts and coming up with stories that based on their experience, what they know about the world how that might line up with this chart. And with a very contentious election coming up at the point that they did that podcast, I think was like in late 2019 or the yeah. very early 2020.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I think uh, they no, they did it in 2019.
0: Okay. i it sounded to me like a lot of what they were talking about was everybody knew 2020 was going to be, a <laughs> shit. I'm sorry, excuse me for my language, but, we, people had 2020 on their calendar
1: they did not know about covid at, no, when they, they did no this. Point did they
0: say there's going to be a huge disease that sweeps the land
1: they um, said there's going to be something huge that's going to affect everyone and there's going to be they they were specifically saying like walls or barriers i felt like they nailed it you were bothered that it was a super cut to begin with which I said, well, just go ahead and listen to the whole thing if you want to. I didn't think they were leaving anything out. I think they were con- condensing it because it's not like they made a whole bunch of predictions and only focused on one that came true. It was more like they cut it down So you could, you know, and I think they actually mentioned it over a course of multiple episodes. And so they were trying to gather it together. I I mean, but I already, they already have my respect. So I know they're not going to do anything shady to like cherry pick. And I, I trust that they are, I don't think that they would be, uh, you know waste their time with astrology if if that's what you had to do is cherry pick
0: well if we were going to make predictions on the show and then come up with like a supercut i don't know that i would focus on the ones that weren't right or the ones that didn't sound like they were describing what i was talking about so even if you're describing like all of the craziness of 2020 You might cut it down to focus on like isolation and, you know, the world will be affected by something.
1: Well, first of all, that's pretty incredible that they could predict isolation in 2020 because what other year has that happened?
0: But when you throw other things out too.
1: I don't, but you're saying that you're assuming that they had all of these other points that they must have discarded. Well, and- they did
0: talk in the supercut for over an hour, and isolation was one thing that they mentioned. Like, and it wasn't like a, the majority of the conversation by any means. Like, if COVID was popping up on the charts, I feel like isolation would have been mentioned a lot, and it would have really been about how people are going to be um, home and alone. There was a lot of stuff describing all sorts of things. Isolation was one of them. And that's where I think if you throw enough darts, you know, you're going to hit bullseyes. And even isolation to me is not a bullseye. It's
1: oh, like, wow. Really? I, I take it. It really is because that doesn't happen every year or even every 10 years. It happens every 100 years.
0: <laughs> well, a pandemic. Yeah. But can we be isolated for other reasons?
1: And the same astrology happened during this pandemic than the same one with the spanish flu and that's how they were able to predict it
0: but they didn't say there was going to be a flu they didn't say
1: it doesn't have to be a flu there's plenty plenty of similarities it's the
0: same chart as the spanish flu and they said oh it's the same chart let's predict that there's going to be another pandemic in 2020 then you would have my attention you'd be like oh they did say a pandemic like the spanish flu is coming In 2020, that would be a detailed prediction.
1: And I think maybe somebody did say that. I don't know if it was in that podcast.
0: I'm sure somebody said that.
1: But because all the astrologers have been looking at March 2020 for quite some time, because they could see that there was something that was going to affect us globally. So I I think also you have to be careful when you tell people a pandemic's coming. You don't want to scare the shit out of people.
0: If you have knowledge that a pandemic is coming, I don't think you sit on that. If you have that knowledge, (laughs) like if Fauci got the information, I mean, they were, they were telling us what they knew at the time. And I do know that they were saying certain things to not alarm the public, but they were like, if you are an astrologer and you can find out that a pandemic is coming, I think that's where you use your power for good, and you share that.
1: This is it. this is turning into a two-hour episode. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to do our own supercut. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Well,
0: uh, our hopes are that we have. A fun next five episodes, <laughs> and
1: <laughs> and wrap it up. <laughs> That's about it. I'm done with my wine now, so we can close the show.
0: <laughs> Is everybody else done with their wine?
1: Is anyone listening still?
0: <laughs> Great. This is the, these are the episodes where we just try to outlast the audience. Because mm-hmm. I'm always trying to move things along on the, on the other episodes. And this is my chance to say, hey, no time constraint. We can talk as much as we want about astrology.
1: I want to know if Andrew made it this far. And if he did, text me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, anybody that made it this far, let us know.
1: Yeah, let us know.
0: The secret word is cupcake. <laughs> that to us. We yes. You made it.
1: And we'll give you a thumbs up back. will give you a cupcake. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, that's it, everyone. Let us know what you thought by commenting on the platforms. See, you have to do it different than normally. Links to our accounts are in the show notes. If you like the show and want to support it, you can visit patreon.com slash AstroDetectivesPodcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss the next episode. Rate and review and tell your friends until next week. This case is closed. It's not even a a case. But it's closed. It is closed. We're closing the door on this one. We're isolating this episode. (laughs) Putting this episode in quarantine. (laughs) All right, I'll stop it.